0: Section twenty nine of the Book of A Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume seven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ali Chingy. The Book of A Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume seven, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section twenty nine. When it was the seven hundred and twenty-first night, she pursued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the prince and the minister alighted at the khan, and lodged the goods in the ground-floor magazines, and there settled their servants. Then they tarried a while, till they had rested, when the wazir arose, and applied himself to devise a device for the prince, and said to him, I have bethought me of somewhat wherein methinks will be successful, thee, so it please Almighty Allah. Quoth Adeshir, O thou wazir of good counsel, do what cometh to thy mind, and may the Lord direct thy read or write. Quoth the minister, I purpose to hire thee a shop in the market street of the stuff sellers, and set thee therein, for that all great and small have recourse to the bazaar, and, meseems, when the folk see thee with their own eyes sitting in the shop, their hearts will incline to thee, and thou wilt thus be enabled to attain thy desire. For thou art fair of favour, and souls incline to thee, and sight rejoiceth in thee. The other replied, Do what seemeth good to thee so the wazir forthright began to robe the prince and himself in the richest raiment and putting a purse of a thousand dinars in his breast pocket went forth and walked about the city whilst all who looked upon them marvelled at the beauty of the king's son saying glory be to him who created this youth of vile water blessed be allah excellent test of creators great was the talk and him and some said this is no mortal this is naught save a noble angel another's hath riswan the doorkeeper of the eden garden left the gate of paradise unguarded that this youth hath come forth the people followed them to the stuff market where they entered and stood till there came up to them an old man of dignified presence and venerable appearance who saluted them and they returned his salam Then the sheikh said to them, O my lords, have ye any need, that we may have the honour of accomplishing? And the wazir asked them, Who art thou, O elder? He answered, I am the overseer of the market. Quoth the wazir, Know then, O sheikh, that this youth is my son, and I wish to hire him a shop in the bazaar, that he may sit therein and learn to sell and buy and take and give and come to ken merchants' ways and habits i hear and i obey replied the overseer and brought them without stay or delay the key of a shop which he caused the brokers sweep and clean and they did his bidding then the wazir sent for a high mattress stuffed with ostrich down and set it up in the shop spreading upon it a small prayer carpet and a cushion fringed with broidery of red gold Moreover, he brought pillars and transported thither so much of the goods and stuffs that he had brought with him as filled the shop. Next morning the young prince came, and opening the shop, seated himself on the divan, and stationed two mamelukes, clad in the richest of raiment before him, and two black slaves of the goodliest of the Abyssinians in the lower part of the shop. The wazir enjoined him to keep his secret from the folk so the bar he might find aid in the winning of his wishes then he left him and charging him to acquaint him with what befell him in the shop day by day returned to the khan the prince sat in the shop till night as he were the moon at its fullest whilst the folk hearing tell of his comeliness, flocked to the place, without errand, to gaze on his beauty and loveliness and symmetry and perfect grace, and glorify the Almighty who created and shaped him, till none could pass through that bazaar for the excessive crowding of the folk about him. The king's son turned right and left, abashed at the throng of people that stared at him, hoping to make acquaintance with some one about the court of whom he might get news of the princess. But he found no way to this, wherefore his breast was straitened. Meanwhile, the wazir daily promised him the attainment of his desire, and the case so continued for a time, till, one morning, as the youth sat in the shop, there came up an old woman, of respectable semblance and dignified presence, clad in raiments of devotees, and followed by two slave-girls like moons. She stopped before the shop, and having considered the prince a while, cried, Glory be to God who fashioned that face and perfected that figure! Then she saluted him, and he returned her salam, and seated her by his side. Quoth she, Whence cometh thou, O fair of favour? And quoth he, from the parts of hind o oh my mother and i have come to this city to see the world and look about me honour to thee for a visitor what goods and stuffs hast thou show me something handsome fit for kings if thou wish for handsome stuffs i will show them to thee for i have wares that beseem persons of every condition o oh my son I want somewhat costly of price and seemly to sight, brief, the best thou hast. Thou must needs tell me for whom thou seekest it. There may show thee goods according to the rank of the requiter. Thou speakest sooth, O oh my son, said she. I want somewhat for my mistress, Hayat al-Nufus, daughter of Abd al-Kadir, lord of this land and king of this country now when adashia heard his mistress's name his reason flew for joy and his heart fluttered and he gave no order to slave or servant but putting his hand behind him pulled out a purse of a hundred dinars and offered it to the old woman saying this is for the washing of thy clothes then he again put forth his hand and brought out of a wrapper a dress worth ten thousand dinars or more and said to her This is of that which I have brought to your country. When the old woman saw it, it pleased her, and she asked, What is the price of this dress, O perfect in qualities? Answered he, I will take no price for it. Whereupon she thanked him, and repeated a question, but he said, By Allah, I will take no price for it. I make thee a present of it and the princess will not accept it, and tis a guest gift from me to thee. Alhamdulillah, glory be to God, who hath brought us together, so that, if one day I have a want, I shall find in thee a helper to me in winning it. She marvelled at the goodliness of his speech, and the excess of his generosity, and the perfection of his courtesy, and said to him, What is thy name, O my lord? He replied, my name is Adashir, and she cried, By Allah, this is a rare name. There were thy king's sons named, and thou art in a guise of the sons of the merchants. Quoth he, Of the love my father bore me, he gave me this name, but a name signifieth naught. And quoth she in wonder, O my son, take the price of thy goods. But he swore that he would not take aught. Then the old lady said to him, O oh, my dear one, truth, I would have thee know, is the greatest of all things, and thou hadst not dealt thus generously by me, but for a special reason. So tell me thy case, and thy secret thought. Belike, thou hadst some wish to whose winning I may help thee. Thereupon he laid his hand in hers, and after exacting an oath of secrecy, told her the whole story of his passion for the princess, and his condition by reason thereof. The old woman shook her head, and said, True, but, O oh my son, the wise say, in the current adage, And thou wouldst be obeyed, abstain from ordering what may not be made. And thou, my son, thy name is Merchant, and though thou hadst the keys of the hidden hoard, yet wouldst thou be called naught but merchant. And thou wouldst rise to high rank, according to thy station, then seek the hand of a kazi's daughter, or even an emir's. But why, O my son, aspirest thou to none but the daughter of the king of the age and the time? And she a clean maid, who knoweth nothing of the things of the world and hath never in her life seen anything but her palace wherein she dwelleth. Yet for all her tender age she is intelligent, shrewd, vivacious, penetrating, quick of wit, sharp of act, and rare of reed. Her father hath no other child, and she is dearer to him than his life and soul. Every morning he cometh to her, and giveth her good morrow, and all who dwell in the palace stand in dread of her. Think not, O my son, that any dare bespeak her with aught of these words, nor is there any way for me thereto. By Allah, O my son, my heart and vitals love thee, and were it in my power to give thee access to her, I would assuredly do it. But I will tell thee somewhat wherein Allah may haply appoint the healing of the heart and will risk life and goods for thee till I win thy will for thee. He asked, And what is that, O my mother? And she answered, Seek of me the daughter of a wazir or an emir, and I will grant thy request. But it may not be that one should mount from earth to heaven at one bound. When the prince heard this, he replied to her with courtesy and sense o my mother thou art a woman of wit and knowest how things go say me doth a man when his head irketh him bind up his hand quoth she no by allah O my son and quoth he even so my heart seeketh none but her and naught slayeth me but love of her by allah I am a dead man, and I find not one to counsel me aright and succour me. Allah upon thee, O my mother, take pity on my stranger strangerhood and the streaming of my tears. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the seven hundred and twenty-second night, she resumed, it hath reached me o auspicious king that ardashir the king's son said to the old woman allah upon thee o my mother take pity on my strangerhood and the streaming of my tears replied she by allah o my son thy words rent my heart but my hand hath no cunning wherewith to help thee quoth he I beseech thee of thy favour, carry her a letter, and kiss her hands for me." So she had compassion on him, and said, Write what thou wilt, and I will bear it to her. When he heard this, he was ready to fly for joy, and calling for ink-case and paper, wrote these couplets. O Hayat al-Nufus, be generous and incline. To one who loving thee for parting's doomed to pine. I was in all delight in gladsomest of life, But now I am distraught with sufferings condign. To wakefulness I cling through longsomeness of night, And with me sorrow chats through each sad eye of mine. Pity a lover sad, a sore afflicted wretch, whose eyelids ever also dare with tearful brine. And when the morning comes at last, the real morn, he finds him drunken and distraught with passion's wine. Then he folded the scroll, and kissing it, gave it to the old woman, after which he put his hand to a chest, and took out a second purse containing a hundred dinars, which he presented to her, saying, "'Divide this among the slave-girls.' She refused it, and cried, "'By Allah, O oh my son, I am not with thee for aught of this.' However, he thanked her, and answered, "'There is no help but that thou accept of it.' So she took it, and, kissing his hands, returned home, and, going into to the princess, cried, "'O oh, my lady, I have brought thee somewhat, the like whereof is not with the people of our city.' and it cometh from a handsome young man that whom there is not a goodlier on earth's face she asked o my nurse and whence cometh the youth and the old woman answered from the parts of hind and he hath given me this dress of gold brocade embroidered with pearls and gems and worth the kingdom of Crossroads and caesar thereupon she opened the dress and the whole palace was illuminated by its brightness because of the beauty of its fashion and the wealth of unions and jewels wherewith it was broidered and all who were present marvelled at it the princess examined it and judging it to be worth no less than the whole year's revenue of her father's kingdom said to the old woman o my nurse cometh this dress from him or from another replied she from him and Hayat al Nufus asked, Is this trader of our town, or a stranger? The old woman answered, He is a foreigner, O my lady, newly come hither, and by Allah he hath servants and slaves, and he is fair of face, symmetrical of form, well-mannered, open-handed, and open-hearted. Never saw I a goodlier than he, save thyself. The king's daughter rejoined, indeed this is an extraordinary thing that a dress like this which money cannot buy should be in the hands of a merchant what price did he set on it o my nurse quoth she by allah he would set no price on it but gave me back the money thou sentest by me and swore that he would not take naught thereof saying tis a gift from me to the king's daughter for it beseemeth none but her and if she will not accept it, I make thee a present of it, cried the princess. By Allah, this is indeed marvellous generosity and wondrous munificence, but I fear the issue of his affair, lest, haply he be brought to necessity. Why dost thou not ask him, O my nurse, if he had any desire, that we might fulfil it for him? The nurse replied, O my lady, I did ask him, and he said to me, I have indeed a desire. But he would not tell me what it was. However, he gave me this letter, and said, Carry it to the princess. So Hayat al-Nufus took the letter, and opened, and read it to the end. Whereupon she was sore chafed, and lost temper, and changing colour for anger, she cried out to the old woman, saying, Woe to thee, O oh nurse! what is the name of this dog who durst write this language to a king's daughter what affinity is there between me and this hound that he should address me thus by almighty allah lord of the Well zem and of the hatim wall but that i fear the omnipotent the most high I would send and bind the cur's hands behind him, and slit his nostrils, and shear off his nose and ears, and after, by way of example, crucify him on the gate of the bazaar wherein is his booth. When the old woman heard these words, she waxed yellow, her side muscles quivered, and her tongue clave to her mouth. But she heartened her heart and said softly, "O oh my lady." what is there in his letter to trouble thee thus? Is it aught but a memorial containing his complaint to thee of poverty or oppression, from which he hopeth to be relieved by thy favour? Replied she, no, by Allah, O my nurse, tis of this, but verses and shameful words. However, O my nurse, this dog must be in one of three cases— either he is Jinmad mad and hath no wit, or he seeketh his own slaughter, or else he is assisted to his wish of me by some one of exceeding puissance and a mighty sultan. Or hath he heard that I am one of the baggages of the city, who lie a night or two with whosoever seeketh them, that he writeth me in modest verses to debauch my reason by talking of such matters. Rejoined the old woman. By Allah, O my lady, thou sayest sooth. But reck not thou of yonder ignorant hound, for thou art seated in thy lofty, firm-builded and unapproachable palace, to which the very birds cannot soar, neither the wind pass over it, and as for him he is clean distraught wherefore do thou write him a letter and chide him angrily and spare him no manner of reproof but threaten him with dreadful threats and menace him with death and say to him whence hast thou knowledge of me that thou dost write to me o dog of a merchant O thou who trudgest far and wide all thy days in wilds and wolds for the sake of gaining a dirham or a dinar! By Allah, except thou awake from thy sleep, and put off thine intoxication, I will assuredly crucify thee on the gate of the market-street wherein is thy shop. Quoth the princess, I fear lest he presume if I write to him. And quoth the nurse, And pray, what is he, and what is his rank, that he should presume to us? Indeed, we write him but to the intent that his presumption may be cut off, and his fear magnified. And she ceased not craftily to persuade her, till she called for encase and paper, and wrote him these couplets. O thou who claimest to be prey of love and ecstasy! Thou who for passion spends nights in grief and saddest gree. Say, dost thou, haughty one, desire enjoyment of the moon? Did man e'er sue the moon for grace whate'er his lunacy? I verily will counsel thee with reed the best to hear. Cut short this course, ere come thou nigh sore risk, nay death, to dream. If thou to this request return, surely on thee shall fall sore punishment for vile offence a grievous penalty. Be reasonable, then, be wise, hark back unto thy wits, behold, in very truth I speak with best advice to thee, by him who did all things that be create from nothingness, who dressed the face of heaven with stars in brightest radiancy if in the like of this thy speech thou dare to sin again i'll surely have thee crucified upon a trunk of tree then she rolled up the letter and gave it to the old woman who took it and repairing to adashir's shop delivered it to him and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say When it was the seven hundred and twenty-third night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the old woman took that letter from Hayat al-Nufus, she fared forth till she found the youth who was sitting in his shop, and gave it to him, saying, Read thine answer, and know that when she perused thy paper, she was wroth with exceeding wrath. But I soothed her, and spake her fair, till she consented to write thee a reply. He took the letter joyfully, but when he had read it and understood its drift, he wept sore, whereat the old woman's heart ached and she cried, O my son, Allah never caused thine eyes to weep nor thy heart to mourn! What can be more gracious than that she should answer thy letter when thou hast done what thou didst? He replied, O my mother, what shall I do for a subtle device? behold she writeth to me threatening me with death and crucifixion and forbidding me from writing to her and i by allah see my death to be better in my life but i beg thee of thy grace to carry her another letter from me she said write and i warrant i'll bring thee an answer by allah i will assuredly venture my life to win for thee thy wish though I die to pleasure thee. He thanked her, and kissing her hands, wrote these verses. Do you threaten me with death, for my loving you so well? When death to me will rest, and all dying is by fate. And man's death is but a boon, when so longsome to him grows his life, and rejected he lives in lone state. Then visit ye a lover, who hath ne'er a soul to aid, For on pious works of men heaven's blessing shall await. But an ye be resolved on this deed, Then up and on I am in bonds to you, A bondsman confined within your gate. What path have I, whose patience without you is no more? How is this when a lover's heart in stress of love is strait? O oh, my lady, show me Ruth, who by passion am misused, for all who love the noble stand for evermore excused. He then folded the scroll, and gave it to the old woman, together with two purses of two hundred dinars, which she would have refused, but he conjured her by oath to accept of them. So she took them both, and said, Needs must they bring thee to thy desire despite the noses of thy foes. Then she repaired to the palace, and gave the letter to Hayat al-Nufus, who said, What is this, O my nurse? Here are we in a correspondence, and thou coming and going. Indeed, I fear lest the matter get wind and we be disgraced. Rejoined the old woman, How so, O my lady? Who dares speak such word? So she took the letter, and after reading and understanding it, she smote hand on hand, saying, Verily, this is a calamity which is falling upon us, and I know not whence this young man came to us. Quoth the old woman, O my lady, Allah upon thee, write him another letter, but be rough with him this time, and say to him, And thou write me another word after this, I will have thy head struck off. Quoth the princess, "'Oh, my nurse, I am assured that the matter will not end on such wise. to better to break off this exchange of letters, and except the puppy take warning by my previous threats, I will strike off his head,' the old woman said. "'Then write him a letter, and give him to know this condition.' So Hayat al-Nufus called for pencase and paper, and wrote these couplets o thou heedless of time and his sore despite o thou hearts whom hopes of my favours excite think o prideful wouldst win for thyself the skies wouldst attain to the moon shining clear and bright i will burn thee with fire that shall ne'er be quenched Always slay thee with scimitar sharp as bite. Leave it, friend, and scape the tormenting pains, such as stern hair partings from black to white. Take my warning, and fly from the road of love, draw thee back from a course nor seemly nor right. Then she folded the scroll and gave it to the old woman, who was puzzled and perplexed. By the matter, she carried it to Addashir, and the prince read the letter and bowed his head to the youth, making as if he wrote with his finger and speaking not a word. Quoth the old woman, "How is it I see thee silent, stay, and not say thy say and quoth he, "O my mother, what shall I say, seeing that she doth but threaten me and redoubleth in hard-heartedness and aversion?" rejoined the nurse write a letter of what thou wilt i will protect thee nor let thy heart be cast down for needs must I bring you twain together he thanked her for her kindness and kissing her hand wrote these couplets a heart by allah never soft to lover white who sighs for union only with his friends his pride who with tear ulcered eyelids evermore must bide when falleth upon earth first darkness of the night. Be just, be generous, lend thy ruth and deign give alms to love molested lover parted forced to flight. He spends the length of longsome night without a doze, fire and drenched in tear flood flowing infinite ah cut not off the longing of my fondest heart now disappointed wasted fluttering for its blight then he folded the scroll and gave it to the old woman together with three hundred dinars saying this is for the washing of thy hands she thanked him and kissed his hands after which she returned to the palace and gave the letter to the princess took it and read it, and throwing it from her fingers sprang to her feet. Then she walked, shod as she was with patterns of gold, set with pearls and jewels, till she came to sire's palace, whilst the vein of anger started out between her eyes, and none dared ask her of her case. When she reached the palace she inquired for the king, and the slave-girls and concubines replied to her, "'O oh, my lady, He is gone forth a-hunting and sporting So she returned as she were a rending lioness, and bespake none for the space of three hours, when her brow cleared and her wrath called. As soon as the old woman saw that her irk and anger were past, she went up to her, and kissing ground between her hands, asked her, O my lady, whither went those noble steps? the princess answered, to the palace of the king, my sire. "'And could no one do thine errand?' inquired the nurse. Replied the princess, "'No, for I went to acquaint him of that which hath befallen me with yonder a cur of a merchant, so he might lay hands on him, and on all the merchant of his bazaar, and crucify them over the shops, nor suffer a single foreign merchant to tarry in our town.' "'Quoth the old woman. "'And was this thine only reason, O my lady, for going to thy sire?' And quoth Hayat al Nufus, "'Yes, but I found him absent, a-hunting and sporting, "'and now I await his return,' cried the old nurse. "'I take refuge with Allah, the all-hearing, the all-knowing. "'Praised be he. "'O my lady, thou art the most sensible of women.' And how couldst thou think of telling the king these fond words, which it behoveth none to publish? Asked the princess, And why so? And the nurse answered, Suppose thou had found the king in his palace, and told him all this tale, and he had sent after the merchants, and commanded to hang them over the shops. The folk would have seen them hanging, and asked the reason, and it would have been answered them, They sought to seduce the king's daughter. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section twenty nine. Recording by Ali Chinji, Riska, South Wales, United Kingdom.